This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. All right, it's time to talk a little, Commanders. Let's bring in uh, Danny Ruye, co-host of Grant and Danny, 2 to 6.30 on 106.7, the fan at DC on Twitter. You can find him at Funny Danny. So, Danny, first question. What's the... I don't want to say girliest drink that you've ever drank before because I don't know. I don't know if that's like PC, but what is the the frilliest drink you've ever drank before? <laughs> to put it like well, uh, two two things super quick. I love the idea. That, I guess Jenks is on vacation, right? The idea that it, on mm-hmm. a regular weeknight he's not drinking very fruity drinks with an umbrella out of them just on a Tuesday. I think. <laughs> oh, is he laughable. probably is. That's my. Yeah, that's my guy. But that's what he's doing. Uh, second, for my bachelor party, my boys thought it was hilarious to just find mixtures of cocktails that ended up with like pink streaks, little purple uh, shots, various, I don't even know the names of them. I know that I may have had intercourse on some sort of beach front. I know that I may have had some kind of, uh, uh, you know, like a fuzzy navel type thing, but it was also pink. That was probably my low moment. Uh, and it resulted in an amazing <laughs> rainbow color uh, pyrotechnics from my gastro uh, situation. Oh, what a colorful way to say that. I'm going to say that the next time that I I puked a lot. I don't know if that was clear. That sounds way (laughs) more classy than I puked all over the floor. Yeah, I I think we got it. You didn't. Do we get it? Thank you. Yeah, yeah, the specificity is appreciated, though. Yeah, my vocabulary level is going way up because of this conversation. All right, so it's time to talk a little football. No more drink talk because football season is right around the corner. And I think the big question for me when talking about the commanders is how do you separate the vibes from the actual games won? Because we know vibes are at an all-time high right now in D.C. No more Dan Snyder in the mix, but again – Vibes do not win football games. So do you have trouble kind of separating those two? Or do you think the vibes turn into wins? It's a great question. So obviously, listen, this all happened kind of so late in the process, guys, in terms of the NFL calendar that there's no substantive change really on the football side that Josh Harris, Mitchell Rails, Magic Johnson and company are going to be able to make when it comes to, you know, football decision making, whether it's, you know, quarterback, offensive line, coaching staff, scouts and things like that. Those substantive changes are probably coming after a while of observation. Josh Harris himself even said that. So in terms of wins and losses this year, I don't really see it having much of an impact. I do know the only maybe thing that you're going to see differently are fans actually, what's the word, happy and excited <laughs> and enjoying football again. That was robbed of, uh, from us for basically a quarter of a century by a puny little runt uh, tyrant jackass who I hope stubs his toe and has jock itch every day for the rest of his life. But that was a, uh, a kind of a godsend now that we have a brand new fresh beginning and there's substantive matters, right? In other words, these decisions now aren't just in a vacuum where he, uh, Dan Steiner's employing uh, a goofball like Bruce Allen or a boob like Vinny Serrato 
who was in charge of his football <laughs> operations for two plus decades. Now you actually have an opportunity to do something and maybe grow uh, and get back to being the kind of franchise that everybody is proud of following. This year, it's a honeymoon period. I don't see this group being great. I don't see them even being above good or pretty good. If everything works out, you could sort of go to a funhouse mirror, squint sideways, and you could see fine. Yeah, and that's kind of leads into where I was going to go with this, Danny, is you kind of squint and turn your head sideways while you're looking in that funhouse mirror. And do the vibes, as Chelsea brought up, start to get sideways at all either? Because, look, it's all, it's great. It, Harris takes over. No more puny little runt Snyder with jockage. Um, it's <laughs> it's you know, it's Ron Rivera, who admittedly should probably be on a, a, at least a slightly warm seat coming into this year, regardless of the ownership change. With a new OC, though, and Eric Bieniemy, and a very different kind of philosophy. Rivera's like, hey, come here. I'm going to put my arm around you, kid. And Eric Bieniemy is like, damn it, get it right. And it sounds like that <laughs> has been a little bit of a clash at training camp so far. How do you judge the vibes between those two and how they relate to the young quarterback who's trying to find his way amidst all that and Sam Howe? Yeah, it's the question for the year, right? I mean, you think back to last week where Ron Rivera put his foot in his mouth, like then put hot sauce on it, shoot it up, spit it out, and then took another bite about it. It was unbelievable what he did. For folks that missed it, he basically said players were whining about how hard offensive practices were, and then Eric Bieniemy has an intractable style. And if you want an example of how to do it, look at Jack Del Rio, the guy that I find first. Did we freeze, or is that me? No, no. <laughs> it's not me. He did it's freeze. Danny, I think. Oh, darn. It sounds like Ron Rivera was not fond of that. He said, mm, it's time, time to freeze it up a little bit. But we'll see if we can get Danny back. In the meantime, again, I have concerns about the commanders simply because I think their schedule is so tough from the jump. They do start with the Cardinals. That should be a win. But if they don't win that, then they have the Bills. They have the Eagles. And then it's a couple of teams that maybe they win, maybe they don't, because it depends on your view of the Bears and the Falcons, if either of those teams are a little better. Are there any bright spots, you think, for the Commanders in the meantime? Because I do like watching their receivers. Terry McLaurin is explosive. Jahan Dotson Definitely. had a great season last year. What are the bright spots or some of the things that you're excited to watch when it comes to the Commanders? Well, I think their defensive line, whether Chase Young is healthy or not, is always going to be worth keeping an eye on, right, Chelsea? And I think mm -hmm. it sounds like, by all accounts, Emmanuel Forbes, the the 16th overall pick, the corner they took, is developing really – he's been thrown into the fire. It's been baptism by fire, and he's handled it really well. Think of the guys he's going against in practice every day. You mentioned McClure and Dotson. Um, so I, I, I think those are definitely things to keep an eye out for because if this defense progresses faster, especially on the back end, than some people expect it to, then that's the nice kind of balance to having a young quarterback. All right, looks like Danny's back. Uh, Danny Ruye, who is our resident commander's uh, expert, host of Grant and Danny, 2 to 6.30 on 106.7 The Fan in D.C. Uh, he's back. So I'll ask you this question, Danny. What do you think the upside is? on this commander's team because we were talking about it in a couple uh, in the past couple of years they've won some games with their defense and sometimes they can kind of muck up the game they can keep it close like remember that playoff game against I think it was the Bucks where maybe they didn't yeah, win yes. but at least they covered the spread do you think there is a situation in which the commanders can win some games that way 
I, I think that's what Ron Rivera always defaults to, right? They have designs mm-hmm. coming into the season about doing it differently. Last year is the best example of this. They thought they got Carson Wentz. How laughable is that to think about now, by the way? Now <laughs> we can sling it. Now we can throw the football down the field. Now the offense is unlocked. Watch this. And they were slinging it in week one, week two against Detroit. Again, they ended up losing where the defense was terrible, by the way. And a couple other weeks after that. And then they realized – that's not how we're at our best. We're at our best playing Rex Ryan ground and pound football, hand it off, punt a lot, uh, you know, check it down, try to win, as you said, mucking it up, a rock fight, 15-16. Six, uh, and they've done that each of the last couple of seasons. They've started off differently, sort of pivoted to that. I'm worried that's going to happen this year because long-term that doesn't really serve anybody except maybe the head coach to try to eke out one more win or two. But, yeah, the defense is good enough on paper to be able to steal some games from less than stellar offenses, right? I mean, I know last year they beat Philadelphia and everybody made a huge deal of that. They caught every break possible, including a, what should have been a face mask that turned into a touchdown defensively uh, for them. You don't excuse it. It was a great effort. It was a great game on, on primetime football where they usually just, you know, uh, uh, lay down and cramp up. But that was, a, you know, a, a kind of a fluky atmosphere. And people are kind of banking on that one. To me, this is a group that is just, again, Defensively, they're good, but they're not 85 Bears. They're not 2,000 Ravens. not that great Legion of Boom defense. They can steal a game or two, I think, and that may be by design. What can Sam Howell do for the offense? On one hand, you know, I've gone back and forth with him at times where I thought, okay, this is just another guy from the 2022 quarterback class, which isn't all that impressive. But then I come back around and I watch him play a little bit, and I go, look, he's, he's willing to take off and run when he's got a little bit of space. He makes some things happen with his legs. He's not looking to do too much through the air. I know it's been a lot of checkdowns, keep it nice and neat and clean and close to the line of scrimmage and let your playmakers will do that, make plays. Um, how much How much can he do for them in so much as can he add a win? Can he add two wins to the schedule this year and take the commanders from being a 6-11 and 11 team to an 8-9 and nine team who's maybe in the conversation down to the last week or two? Yeah, the adding a win part, I think, may be too much to ask for this year one uh, for him. I mean, this is one of those – you mentioned it. There's some talent on this offense. The offensive line stinks, uh, which we'll get to in a second, I'm sure. But uh, Jahan Dotson is a star. He is a rising star in this league. A lot of people don't know yet, but they will. He is a fantastic player. I think uh, a sneaky bet is that he might end up leading this team in catches while Terry McLaurin leads the team in yards. It's – it may not happen, but I think that's it's capable of it with his versatility on that offense. So McLaurin is already a bona fide pro bowler. He's a you know borderline top 10 receiver in his own right. Curtis Samuel, a fun little gadget player. They're going to use Antonio Gibson, a running back, a fantasy darling, kind of in his real natural role now of pass catcher. They're bullish on a Deomley Brown renaissance, which I am not. They're bullish on a Logan Thomas, a tight end renaissance, kind of going back to what he was a couple of years ago off some pretty serious injuries and some wear and tear. I am not, but even still, those receivers are good enough where you could, as you said, just you know flip a bubble screen and end up with 10, 15, 20 yards and some yards after the catch and some exciting playmaker stuff there. But how his weaknesses, the offensive line, I think is going to be a factor here because the, the sneaky thing about him, I liked him coming out of North Carolina, by the way. I thought he was underdrafted, not to the point that he's a, a world beater and uh, you know a Justin Herbert type player, but he took a ton of sacks at North Carolina. And that's going to be, I think, the major issue uh, for him here. Again, with this bad offensive line, you start getting hit enough, you start turning and seeing the ghosts like David Carr did uh, all those years ago. So I think to me, his job is to kind of keep the thing in neutral and just and not mess up at this point. And if you just get it to playmakers, get the ball out on time and don't turn it over a ton, you can end up with some pretty decent totals. I'm not talking about, again, you know, a first-round fantasy draft pick type totals, but not embarrassing quarterback totals. All right, we got about 45 seconds, Danny. 
ceiling and floor for the commanders this year? Nine win ceiling, probably. And I think it's a, you know, five or six win ceiling at, at the floor. They're not bad enough to bottom out and they're not good enough to really compete. That's really the frustrating oh. part here. They're in this <laughs> sort of hamster wheel of neutrality. So they're to me an eight win team with a seven win schedule. So, you know, enjoy. But here's, listen, Dan Snyder doesn't own the team anymore. Every game is one of those Michael Jenkins boat drinks with a, with a parasol, and we're having a great old time because that little toad doesn't ruin everything for us. But, yeah, this team, it's, it's about missed opportunities, especially these last couple off seasons in building and developing. Ron Rivera, the personnel guy, stinks. The head coach is just a dude. <laughs> just a dude. Well, it's better to be just a dude than a toad. Or what did you call Dan Snyder? A guy with jock itch or something? No, like I, no I want to be clear about that. I hope he gets <laughs> jock itch every day for the rest of his life. He's a myopic little twerp. He is a scumbag, a dirtball, an absolute little weasel. And I hope he fails. I hope he ends up pouring in jail. All right. Well, <laughs> tell us <laughs> what you, you really it. think, Danny. That's just an opinion. I don't know. Well, if there's anybody who you could say that about, it's probably Dan Snyder. Excellent stuff from Danny Rue. Uh, he is the co-host of Grant and Danny, 2 to 6.30 on 106.7 The Fan in D.C. Danny, thanks for joining us. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.